There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, everybody, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. Dude, let's get amped. Let's, let's run some bases. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready to I'm ready to take a huge lead at first. Score from first? Yeah, and slide. Get a hit and run on a very near, near, very near home run, triple. Dude, crucial moment of the game. Crucial. Go up 5-4 against the Razorbacks. Woo Pig Suey. I was trying to figure out how to type this because I saw their um, I saw their logo was Omahogs. <laughs> How'd that work out? And I just couldn't help but think about Office Space and the well, they had trouble saying the guy's name. And they would they were trying to pronounce it and they'd be like Naga Naga not gonna not gonna work here anymore <laughs> <laughs> i had forgotten that i had just taken a big you almost did a spit take i did that I would did. have been fantastic that would have been awesome but I, I i had it figured out for that it was like oh my hog gonna go home now or so? I, I don't know I'm i had something hog gonna go home oh my hog gonna go back to arkansas i i had something but it wasn't going to work well typed out. And apparently, we can't it doesn't work any better in the spoken word. In the spoken word. Um, so, we will talk... Uh-oh. Just a little preview for a little bit later. Oh, yeah. We will talk a little, about, a little bit about some Omaha baseball. Of course, oh, that's probably what we're mainly going to talk about. But we've got some other things to get to first. I'm going to go ahead and rearrange some of your notes here. Just because... Um, but this past weekend was Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Yeah. Um, Michael, what did you guys do? We we didn't do a whole lot. It was kind of nice because um, I got to I got to pick what I wanted to do, and all I wanted to do was grill. <laughs> that was that was it. That was my my gift to me was I went to the store by myself on Saturday night, and I picked out some potatoes and green beans and some. Raider red meat sausage to grill That's as an stuff. appetizer. That's good stuff. Yes. Very good. Just I went with just the plain. The, the smoked sausage? Yeah, thing? just German smoked sausage. No jalapeno, no cheddar, anything like that. Definitely no, no green chilies. No. And then I went with the flank steak, which I marinated in salt lick marinade. Hmm. Turned out fantastic. That was That was my father's day, was just getting to grill and my wife humoring me to because you know sometimes when i grill it's 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 uh she also needs to be involved because i forget how to serve things or (laughs) how to (laughs) oh well um i think this is ready um i'm not sure what to do with it this meat is done (laughs) i'm just gonna eat (laughs) from the grill are y'all hungry but 
uh, it was it was really fun. We just kind of did that and hung out there that afternoon. Recovered from being out of town. Oh, speaking of, real quick before before you go into your plans, yeah, because you were not you and Kyle were up there, and yeah, we were in Madison, Wisconsin. We yeah, that's what I was going to tell you. I listened to the podcast last week. We were about a mile away from each other. That's nuts. You guys were close. Yeah, we did you were, get together? Did you hang out? Nah, we never did. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we were both there in, in Madison. I, I don't know if he was there for a conference or what, but it was kind of interesting to be there at the same time. But I wanted to give a uh, quick. Um, Speaking of sausages, Ooh. beloved Klimke's oh, no. in Slayton saw this uh, burned down this weekend. I believe it was Saturday night or maybe Monday night. I'm not sure. As did the Slayton Bakery. The the bakery did not burn down, but they they're in that same area and they are closed because of smoke damage. So I think last that, I saw, they're going to be closed for a week. That or so medical clinic was damaged too as well wasn't it yeah and there was a little two antique store well. two as well also mm-hmm. um so think a good thought for the Klimke's folks they make some really good sausages out there in Slayton and among other things they always mm-hmm. had just some good good stuff to throw in the grill so hopefully they'll get back on their feet at some point speaking of Slayton and the grill we went out to pit forks and smoke rings oh you did we did it was for my birthday lunch with the office so it would have been last Thursday after we recorded with with Keith um, before Father's Day so my birthday is two Sundays ago now the Sunday before Father's Day um, but most of the office was out of town so we just like put it off and I just said, I want barbecue. I've been just, I've been craving barbecue a lot lately. Shocker. <laughs> um, and I either was like, let's, let's not, let's not do the shack. We've done that enough. Let's do either Evie Mays or, or, or try this new place out in Slayton. Like, well, let's, we're going to Slayton. So we went out of there. you will load it up to go to Slayton. Um, what a company. What a, what a great company to. It's fantastic. Haul basically, out 40 minutes east. <laughs> basically one of those old like gas stations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the majority of the seating is under the awning where the pumps used to be. Uh, there was some indoor seating, but we were like, oh, let's go outside. We literally sat next to their smoker. Yeah. And it was breezy enough that like... You it, weren't getting caked. It, it, like it wasn't making us all watery-eyed. But when we got back to the office, like, wow, we smell like we were <laughs> camping for the weekend. Um I went big. I got the three meat plate so I could try multiple things, knowing I was going to bring some home. I got pork ribs. Fantastic. Ooh. They were so good. I got their jalapeno cheese sausage. It may have been Klimke's Klim- sausage. Could have been. Um, also really good. And then I got brisket. Because it was on a mixed meat plate, whatever, they, I got two slices, one of lean, so one of the point, one of the flat. Um it was really good. There was some unrendered fat on the point side, so mm-hmm. still a little, a few points off. Gooey. No pun intended. A little gooey there. Fantastic though. Yeah. Sides they had brisket mac and cheese. Oh my gosh, that was so good. Uh, their barbecue beans, that basically pinto beans. It was they're, they're okay. They're okay. Uh, they had potato salad. I didn't have any of that. I did have their banana pudding. Really good, oh, man! Look. Happy birthday! Yeah, that was a heck of a heck of a feast. Only turned thirty once. Whew. That's right. It is the big three zero. I'm out of my twenties, man. Oh, we still got the decorations up around the house. We're at twenty three South, twenty three personnel. 
It looks South good. I think y'all should just keep that up. Yeah. It's always someone's birthday. Someone's birthday's coming up. Yeah. So we did that. Um, Father's Day, more barbecue, basically. Um, so Saturday morning, we, we went out to one of the local... I, I hesitate to call them a lake, but the Dunbar, May Simmons... One of the playas. It's not really a playa, though. Like one of the canyon lakes. What are they called? Oh. One of, one of those. Majority of her family went kayaking. Okay. They're, they're way big into kayaking. Grace and I were like, no, nah, I don't want any part of that. I'm going to end up swimming and it's not, <clears throat> I don't want to do it. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. So Grace and I went fishing, basically just to spend the time until they came back kayaking. So that was fun. Um, Then we watched the game on Saturday afternoon. Not so much fun. Yeah. Um, and then we had a big family, like multi-family cookout where I smoked a brisket. It, I did not pick the brisket or, or did I buy it? My in-laws purchased it and brought it to me and said, Hey, we bought the meat. Will you smoke? It's like, of course. Yes. Duh. Um, it was like a nine pound brisket. This thing is tiny. Um, opened up out of the package. Like even at nine pounds, I probably took off a pound and a half two pounds of fat. Like this, this thing was a small. So I was like, okay, it's a small brisket. It's going for an hour or so per pound. Yeah. I was expecting it like an eight, seven hour cook. Yeah. That's reasonable. Dinner's at five 30. I want it off at four 30 worked back. I'll start at seven 30. Right. That's plenty of time. Nine hours. Yeah. At five 30. I'm like, I got to take this thing off the smoker. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go Dinner's starting and I've got the entree. Um, so it, it took a little bit longer than I was expecting. I was a little frustrated about that. And it was cooking super unevenly. Like, this thing, like the point isn't that much bigger than the flat. Although the flat was like super thin in spots. Mm-hmm. Anyways. How'd it turn out though? Okay. This is the craziest thing. Opening the package, looking at them like this brisket is not going to be any good. It took forever. The feel of it when I pulled it off the, the smokers, like this thing should be more flex- flexible than it is. Cut it up. The point was basically trash. It was it was <laughs> too lean and too thin. Mm. But sorry, the flat. The, I was about to say the point was no, too lean. No, no, okay. no, the flat was was too lean and too thin. The point was bigger than I thought it was. So we got a ton of moist brisket out of it, and it was fantastic. So I was like, oh man, that's really good. My brother, my sister in law's husband. So Samantha's sister's husband. His dad is a big barbecue smoker. Mm-hmm. I got so many compliments on the brisket from him. I was like, oh, I did it, man. That's I've good. 
That's great. That's what your second one to ever do on this. Yeah, it, and it was for a bunch of people, and just kind of, and it took forever, and the the and you didn't get to pick it out. The flat was like the flat was trash. Like, yeah. Anyways, well, you could turn the what I've done on my trash flats uh, is do brisket chili or something with it. You could chop it up and kind of help it out a little bit. I could have taken it. Brisket the, mac and cheese probably would have been good. That's probably where they're getting all the extra. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they have a flat that was kind of good. Let's, let's throw that in the mac and cheese. I could have turned that flat into like chopped brisket or something. And yeah. It's like sauced it up real good. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were so many people. I was like, I don't want to take a third of this brisket and just <laughs> chop it up into something else. Inedible. Y'all can eat this. Like put police tape around it. <laughs> this brisket um, cannot be touched, but it was pretty good. Pretty good little father's day weekend. Good. Yeah, me too. It was, it was really nice. Um, let's, let's jump into sports cause we've got four on the notes document. Let's just kind of jump through this a little bit. We do. I don't have anything specific for football except we're starting to see some of the, the media department kind of pushing out videos, um, showing the guys and their summer workouts. We know that they, the team reported for camp a couple weeks ago. We talked about that, who arrived and who hadn't yet. Um, I think at the time we were still waiting on a couple of big names like Alante Brown. And, um, from the last time I heard he was supposed to be here like a day or so after we, we recorded that. Um, yeah, there hasn't been a lot just, well, I mean, football right now is really, way in the back burner in everybody's mind. So yeah. So the athletics department, they're not pushing, mm -mm. they're not pushing it They're They, they know that the big, that, that football is not the big story right now. Matt Wells is going to the baseball games, basically incognito. Not many people are stopping him until like, I'm sure if, well, I've seen it. I've seen Chris Beard at a basket, at a baseball game, like kids and people around him constantly. He usually has a couple of players. Uh, one of the games, the regionals or super regionals, he had the, the he had Culver. Holyfield with him too. He, he had the, the Clovers oh, with him. One of those. Okay, sorry. Um, kids were always around them. I saw Brandon Francis at, at a couple games. Yes, not, not with beard, but he was there. Uh, he got a couple standing ovations. He he got the crowd. Yeah, he pumped up. the crowd. Up. That I thought that, that was, was great. Cool. Um, I've seen Gerald Myers there. He, he he was. It's kind of funny. He was more of a fanboy around Chris Beard. Like I saw him go up to Chris Beard and ask for an autograph. Well, wasn't that? Uh, I believe it was right after the championship game, or or maybe right before that. Chris Beard. I think it was after. It was during the contract negotiation rumors and all that. Beard went to a Rockets game, and I think he was sitting next to Gerald Myers, and um, and and Dustin Womble. Womble, yeah. Mm-hmm. They they were sitting together on the front row. So I, I, I've seen people recognize coaches at these baseball games, not so much Matt Wells. Yeah, Beard it's, is. It's probably because he, he wasn't wearing his headset. Well, right. That would <laughs> the flocks, yeah. just just droves He's, of people would yeah. see him with that headset. Beard somehow is. Oh, I bet if he wore a cap, because I don't think he ever does. I bet if he wore a cap or something, he and could sunglasses kinda, like, like who's that dude? Yeah, he could be a little bit more incognito but he's so recognizable around lubbock with this past year yeah even even with the cap on he probably still would be but i bet i think he could pull off like a he should wear some bucket hat or something yeah so speaking of basketball let's just yeah transition quickly into that um malik andigo announced where he's uh transferring to we, we did know he was transferring a few weeks ago announced he's going to rice the owls. For him. Yeah. Yeah. He should be able to play quite a bit, I'd imagine. I hope so. Yeah. 
Got Otherwise, why would you transfer? Got a little thunder going on. Yeah, we got a little thunderstorm. A little West Texas thunderstorm rolling in. Um, and then, really, just the draft, NBA draft, it's Thursday night. So, um, your boy, Jarrett Culver, could possibly be the highest drafted Red Raider basketball player in Texas Tech history. Yep. Um, Tony Batie went fifth overall. Jarrett Culver kind of looking like he may go fourth to New Orleans. There's a chance because of all those trades yeah, New that they made a, for the brow. Yeah, New Orleans made a huge trade. Uh, sent Anthony Davis to the Lakers, um, but picked up the fourth, the number four pick from the Lakers, which was one of the, the spots that uh, Culver had previously worked out. He worked yep. out with the Lakers. He's worked out twice for the Suns in Phoenix and in Lubbock. It's kind I, of a big deal. I've seen rumors that the Suns may trade up to get a chance to draft him. They're at five, aren't they? Or six? I thought they were a little further down. I should have pulled this up before we started. Because I think they're five or six, and Cleveland is the other one, whether it's five or six. Um, yeah, so there, there are rumors that the, the Suns could trade up. That They may even trade with New Orleans, just, just kind of switch a couple spots. Yeah, um, right now Phoenix is sixth. You're yeah. right. Um. But with all those spots opening up, now the Pelicans have the number one and number four pick. And they've got all these young players coming in from L.A. They've got Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart. Okay, um, so did you see, like, LeVar Ball just do st- – he just gave the worst, guaranteed. stupidest soundbite, like guaranteeing that Lakers will never win anything the rest of their lives. Like, wh- first off, you're talking about an organization having a life. You're just you're, – you're, you're mad, bro. Um but he was like, because they got rid of Lamelo, Lavar, Lavar, Le- no, sorry, Lavar's, that's Lavar, Lonzo, Lonzo, yeah. Because they got rid of Lonzo, they're not, never going to win a championship again. Like, Lonzo's not going to be the piece. Like, if it's going to be anybody that's going to bring the Lakers a title, it's going to be LeBron, Le- LeBronzo, <laughs> and not Lonzo, and not Lonzo and Lamelo and the other brother. But yeah, I I'm interested to see how. Um, how LeVar reacts in relatively, not relatively, definite small market in New Orleans. Yeah. If he's if he's going to get the same kind of publicity, the same kind of clout, if he's going to even enjoy having to pack up from L.A. and Hollywood and be around all these people that will put a mic in his face and, and really want to hear what he says. I, I would kind of expect him to get as much, if not more attention because he is so outspoken and they are a small market. Like it's kind of like shooting fish in a barrel, right? That's for, a fair thought. The new Orleans media, like let's just go talk to LeVar. Yeah. It's oh, a slow news day. Well, let's someone, had, someone call LeVar. Lonzo had a bad game. Let's go talk to LeVar. Yeah. The, uh, the saints he, lost. Let's see what LeVar has to say. Jared Culver is playing more minutes than Lonzo. Let's go talk to LeVar yeah, about yeah. that. We need to, we need to look into this. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the, the trade, the, not the trade, the draft Thursday night, this is probably the, the first time I'm going to pay attention to the NBA draft until Culver's taken, um, yeah. in several years. I, 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 I've tuned in not to actually watch it, to follow who the Mavericks have taken the past two years. So when they picked up Dennis Smith Jr. And then Luka Doncic. Ma- yeah. Um, that was a pretty solid pick as it turns out. Yes. <laughs> that that's that's one of the best things the Mavs have done in a decade. Yeah. It, yeah. All I that just, tanking after they made the finals was worth it. 
And then, uh, or was it? And then Nowitzki retiring right after the sunset. Ah, uh, yeah. I like um, Dirk. Dirk was. Dirk's yeah. great. <laughs> he, he was. Um, is. Us is. Us was. He's not dead, but no, he's, he's not playing anymore. May he rest. In, oh, no, he's fine. He's okay. May his career rest in peace. Oh, it will. It'll stand the know. test of time. So, yeah, this is probably one of the first times I'll actually pay attention to the NBA draft. Not surprising to see Zion Williamson still projected to go number one. Could be pretty cool if he and Culver end up with the, the Pelicans. That'd be something else. Because um, they've played each other twice this year. Yes. This past season. No, no, they just played once. Because they were, they were going to match up had Duke won their their regional um but didn't right and then tech played michigan state that's who it was um and then we saw that matt mooney's been working out with the pacers uh, there's a team you never hear from no <laughs> but uh, that's i mean he he worked out with the spurs that we know of the pacers probably a few others i don't think he's expected to go in the first probably round not. or anything like that and maybe not even be I see, drafted at all. I, kinda... I, I see him as one of those guys that like makes a lot of noise in like the G League like in the summer. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're sitting there getting your hair cut at sports clips or whatever, and they've always got the G League on because they're always playing in the summer. You're like, oh, yeah, I, I, I remember Matt Mooney. Yeah. Mooney's, like, Mooney's killing it in that Vegas tournament. <laughs> but like you never hear from him at like in the NBA level, which it's whatever. If that's what he wants to do, then do it. Yeah. Um, the basketball team, we, we've seen some some – Stuff coming out from them uh, with their summer workouts. Apparently, that they've started here. Had an open practice, and everybody was losing their mind because Chris Level said this team was the most athletic he's ever seen. I don't know what that means, but like, since Space Jam, or probably the Monstars just smashing people's faces. It's um, hard to beat. I bet they are if, a if, very athletic team, though. If, There's if you're equating athleticism to talent, I could have told you that. Like, <laughs> you've got your best recruiting class ever. Like, you've also replaced what ten players in the roster. So, it's the most athletic team I've ever seen at Texas Tech. Okay, well, you turned over ten guys and you've ter- brought in the most talented team ever, or most highly rated recruiting class. Let's put it that way. Yeah, uh, but it, it is cool to see guys like Jamias Ramsey wearing Texas Tech gear in the gym practicing. That's like. Dude, he made it. He's like, it's one of those things. Like, as a Texas Tech fan, you're a little jaded and cynical. You're like, is, is he going to make it? Is, is he going to have grades issues? Yeah, something's going to happen. Is, is, is he going to have a change of heart? And he's going to ask for his release from his LOI like June first. But no, yeah. he showed up. He's practicing with the team. It's super awesome. Um, Got to see him run a, I think a three man drill with Corpru today. I think they showed that video. Yeah, and then Corpru drained like a 15 footer. That's my guy. So so excited! Can't wait to Mr. watch more corporate. Mr. Efficiency, corporate level efficiency. Yeah, yep. On uh, which it's funny that gives some cross sports references there. Um, earlier in the baseball season, one of the the pitchers was having like six and seven pitch innings. We're like, man, he's like a he's approaching corporate level efficiency here. Yeah, everyone in the Slack chat got it. Yeah, we did. knew that. Whoa, wow, that's a that's a compliment. What a compliment! <laughs> that's Michael's dude. Um, Shooting like sixty eight percent from the field. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't take a lot of shots when he does. Yeah, he's three for four. Yeah. Um, yeah, looking looking forward to that. Like, I mean, it won't be too long before we start hearing about you know summer exhibition, not exhibitions, but 
scrimmages. Sorry. Um, you, you bring in like a, sec- a super secret scrimmage like we had with Houston last season. Although we didn't hear about that until much later in the season. Um, I'm really excited about basketball. And it's it's June 18th. Yep. And we're not in a, in a Texas Tech offseason yet, which has, has caught the eye of a lot of media. I don't know if you if you've kept up with that. There have been some national publications that have been like, "Hey, Texas Tech athletic department's kind of putting something together this spring." Um, I had a lot of folks mention that to me um, while I was out of town last week. And of course, was, I was wearing Kansas? I was wearing a Tech emblazoned something every chance I got. Is the hat you're wearing now the yeah. old school? I was I, I wore that in the evenings. Nice. You know that was my <laughs> casual post conference attire was to put on my my Texas tech cap, but there were some guys that were definitely talking to me. And one of them, it was interesting. He said it, he said it like this, which is not something we used to get. Hey, so did you go to tech or are you just a fan? And uh, I I thought, wow. Yeah. It's strange to be on the other side of that. Like having the assumption of a a t-shirt fan, like, no man, I win. Yeah. And I said, no, I, I, I went because at first I was offended and I thought, no, I, I, that is not the wrong. I mean, that is not the right way to take this. So I, I told the guys, like, oh, oh no, I, I went to school there I'm, and I actually still live there in Lubbock and turned out he was, uh, he went to Iowa state. Oh, nice. And so then we talked to each other for a good while about big 12 and our young quarterback surprising did, people. And did you tell him that Iowa state needs to get a baseball team so we can have actually 10 teams? in the No, league? I thought I'm going to, I'm going to keep this a very, he, he was really complimentary and, you know, we talked about basketball and how hard it is to play in Hilton, and how hard it is to play in Lubbock. And I said, "Yeah, but y'all are the only ones that beat us, and one of the only ones that beat us and in Lubbock." We beat them in Hilton. Yeah, so <laughs> we we kind of traded traded off on that. It was to it was win, really to win the t- the conference title. Yeah. By the way, not a big deal, no pressure. No, not on at their all. senior night too. Yeah, <laughs> and they were booing us, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, we had to celebrate a little bit. Come on, guys. So just really quickly about that Iowa State not playing baseball. There was some conversation. And on the Slack chat, it's like, if the Big 12 were to add a 10th team, it's just purely speculation, 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 us having fun. We're talking about who, who might that 10th team be? And I think a lot of us were like, you know, who would make it like a really good fit and like a, just a smart choice would be Dallas Baptist to add it them would. in like baseball only. Cause I think that's one of the only D one sports that they compete in. They, they, they may have D two or NAIA cause they're a fairly small school. And like on like White Rock Lake or something, I, I've lived there, never knew where that school was. I think that would help them out tremendously too. I think they'd that, probably go for it in a heartbeat. And that's kind of where I was like, oh, but do we want to do that? Because then they would get I, even better. I don't know at what level we were we compete against them for recruits, but I'm sure if Dallas Baptist can now say, hey, you can play in the Big Twelve and go go to Dallas Baptist, that's one. I mean, it's probably an easy thing to sell then. Hey, come play in whatever conference they're in. Southland? I don't even know. I, I don't remember. Um, so I was like, oh, okay, m- maybe not them. And they were like, what about travel partners for West Virginia? I was like, well, that doesn't really, it's not really a thing. But the thought was like Coastal Carolina could be a, a good uh, one for them. College of Charleston out there. I thought someone mentioned Wichita State. And w- Wichita State, but they don't really have um I mean, they have a D1 basketball program too. That that would kind of make things a little tricky, wouldn't it? And we did play them. No, because there the, the, are teams that are they're in separate split. conferences. Yeah, so like, um, like 
BYU, for example, is independent in football. Oh, of course. But like most of their Notre other Dame's sports that are way like, too. Are like the whack. Notre Dame's independent in football. All yeah, their I other gotcha. sports are in the ACC. Yep. Um, Wichita State would make a lot of sense too. Uh, it would kind of have that the Midwest replacement for Iowa State, um, and they've historically been a pretty good baseball program. We've, you've played them several times recently. Um, anyways, that was just a fun mental exercise. There was there was a fun rant that I don't think we ever mentioned that Jamie Lent apparently does almost every year or every year at the Big 12 tournament. Where oh, oh, because they have the Iowa State, Iowa logo. State flags all over the place and logo, and he just, just beside himself with it. Now, I don't blame him because it makes no sense. Uh, why do they get to have their brand uh, when they're they don't have a team? I guess it's just because they're part of the Big 12. I get that. I understand that. They're, they're part of the conference, but they're not participating in this tournament. No, they, there's not a, there's not an Iowa State Cyclone athlete I, I would almost, I would playing almost, in this tournament at all. Yeah, I'd almost uh, want to take off the one team that doesn't make the tournament. Like, So it was Texas this year. Don't fly their colors. Oh, yeah. Because they're not just, here. Just stick with the eight. <laughs> stick with the top eight. That's all that matters. Yeah. Okay, let, let's touch on track for a second. Sure. Um, if you don't remember, I don't know how you could forget, the men's track and field outdoor team won the national championship. Yes. Divine Oduduru has announced his intention to go pro, which is a strange thing for me because I don't know what professional running looks like. I'm not sure either. I, is, is this like Olympic training or their actual like professional leagues that we just have no like contact with? We just have no idea what they are. I I think I I should read this other article because uh, a, a couple of days before the news was official, Don Williams wrote an article. I think it's hailing now. Don yeah, Williams wrote an it article sound that way <laughs> about uh, the possibility that Odaduro will transfer. I mean, not transfer, but uh, go prof- professional. And Kitley said something in that article about. He actually spit out some numbers. He said, you know, if this young man has a chance to sign a five-year deal for 500000 and and make $2.5 or look at the chance of his hamstring going out next year or something, you know, he he is encouraging him to do it. You know, Kitley was saying that he wants, he wants him to do it. Um, and so I'm not sure where he got those numbers, but that's great. You know, if, if Odaduro is able to make that kind of cash – whether it be from endorsements or from sponsorship deals where I don't know how that works. Does, does a company or a firm decide to train you and, and get you in a path towards the Olympics or, or how does that work? So there is a USA track and field. Um, I, I don't know if that's a, If it's Olympic based or not, or if it's just like a league. Sorry, this hail is really distracting. <laughs> the USATF, so USA Track and Field Championship Series, is a prestigious series of nationally televised USA track and field competitions featuring the very best track and field athletes from Team USA, the world's number one track team. So he can really, I mean, between between that and if he finds some success there, he could get picked up by 
different sponsors, different folks make money that way. I, all, all we're saying is congratulations yeah. and, and keep it rolling. I hope some checks come in. I hope he finds more success even than he found here at Tech out in the professional realm of it. The other thing that I, I think Seth gave some context to is like he was Seth was saying that Oduduru's family came from like fairly severe poverty in Nigeria. And he's like, correct. When you think about poverty in America, like that's nothing compared to poverty in Nigeria. This five hundred thousand dollars, like. Not belittle like it's not a small number in America. No, right? no, not at all. But that is like life changing forever for his family. Like they can all come to America. They can all live comfortably, happily in f- fairly like established to say to wealth, right? Like sure, five hundred thousand dollars of income um, can support a family. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Just imagine about anywhere in America. Yes, and. You can imagine the kind of lifestyle you could have if, if that was you, and you were supporting your if, family for five hundred grand a year. You could probably my, make it work. My income went up like nine times. Yeah, <laughs> pretty fantastic. You could, you could, you could see nine that help whatever it is. <laughs> I can't do math. So, congrats to Divine. Best of luck as he pursues his professional career. Um, super grateful for all he was able to do for Texas Tech. Help claim. A, track and field national title um you know because he, he participated not only the 100 200 but he was he was in the, the relays um obviously there were other members on the team that helped secure the, the championship it wasn't just Oduduru carrying the team but right um he was definitely the standout uh yeah. the standout star of the team though very appreciative for his contributions to texas tech yeah and for coming back because he had a great year last year. Yeah, too. He he probably could have gone pro then, but it was it worked out for him in hindsight. You, you know, to stick around, he was able to stay healthy. He was able to eclipse what he did last year, which was on its own pretty incredible. Yep. All right, let's get to some baseball. Oh yeah, okay. Let's talk baseball. That sounds um, good. All right, so you know this. We talked about this. You've been following this. The baseball teams in Omaha, the College World Series. I've they heard one of the final eight teams in the country. One of the final seven. We've had the first elimination. We actually did the eliminating. Texas Tech sent home Arkansas, which was sweet. Yeah, because w- when you thought about um, your first game against Michigan, you're like, okay, well, that's that's not a fairly tough matchup. Um, you, you end up losing that game. You're you're really fr- frustrated about that because it kind of it, it puts you behind the eight ball. Uh, you're you're chasing everything at this point. Um, well, and you dominated Mission, Michigan. Michigan at the beginning of the season, and and you just all keep, three of those games. You keep talking to yourself, okay. Well, that was the beginning of the year for them too. It was, uh, I'm sure, their first road trip. It's a heck of a road trip, mm-hmm. and Tech plays so well at home. So maybe there were just all these factors that you can kind of try to explain that away. But because uh, I went into it. I didn't want to feel. I didn't want to say cocky or anything, but pretty confident, just based yeah, off confident. of that series. But mm-hmm. I should have known better to not, not base it off a series that was played in February. Maybe it was March. It was March. That's okay. Okay. And then you're like, well, if if for some reason uh, Florida State makes it past uh, Arkansas, you're kind of like you feel like they may be the team of destiny, right? Mm-hmm. Frank Martin in his 40th year, 40 win seasons, and 
17th trip 17th trip to the world series My like goodness. i at one point like they're gonna put it together right and as as a, a team playing for a coach that announced that he this is his last year like that they may be amped up on that more so than, than talent um and then you're like well if we have to play arkansas like arkansas is probably the hardest team left in the bracket you know so you lose to michigan and florida state somehow makes the the underdog victory over arkansas i can't they upset. what <laughs> upset they they upset arkansas okay. i lost for words for a second and you're like well crap like you lost game 1 and then you have to face one of the best teams left in the country in an elimination game you may be going o and 2 O and Q, two and Q, whatever they call it, two and barbecue. Oh, um, so the first game you played on Saturday, you had a really inconsistent and troubling strike zone behind the plate. You're, the umpire back there was a little confused about what a strike was, really reliant on where the catcher stopped moving his glove after he received the pitch. That's, that doesn't determine what a strike is. No. Um, your batters were a little thrown off having to swing at stuff that normally would be a ball that this guy was calling strikes. Um, also had some uncharacteristic mistakes. Uh, I, you've only got one credited error on the box score, but um, like it feels like two or three of, of Michigan's runs were unearned. You had two guys score after a pickoff attempt that went to Josh Young that he wasn't able to get the out um, and not be, it wasn't that play that scored two runs, but after that, that would have ended the inning um, after that missed third out two runs scored. Um, you gave up an, a, a home run. Um, no, you didn't. Sorry. I, I'm, I'm looking. Yeah, this is not. No, I thought I thought you did. You did not give up a home run to Michigan. You gave up a triple that scored two runs in the third. Um, anyways, then you had a a pass ball or like a it was a strikeout that Fulford didn't catch the third strike, so he had to make the throw down to first. Um, he he was too far in line with the baseline, um, not with the baseline, with the base path. And just with the, the traffic of the runner, the ball and worn all that kind of stuff. He wasn't able to make that play. Um, you get a, a fairly solid performance out of, out of their pitcher, uh, Kaufman. He went seven full innings, um, eight hits, three earned runs, no walks, three strikeouts. Um, through 101 pitches. So he was fairly efficient. Um, you would hope you get seven innings from your starter. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, M- Micah Dallas is only able to go three innings. He gave up six hits, three earned runs, two strikeouts, one walk uh, on 61 pitches. So he threw four fewer innings and 40 fewer pitches. So had he gone the same number of innings, he would have had to go 10 pitches or less in innings four, five, six, and seven to get to the same pitch count as the Michigan pitcher. 
He'd just given up so many pitches. He'd thrown so many pitches in his first few innings. Yeah. There's an easier way to say that. Um, Connor Queen comes in after Micah Dallas pitches two full innings. Uh, only gives a one hit, two walks, three strikeouts. Um, McMillan comes in for an inning and two thirds. Uh, no hits, no runs, one walk, no strikeouts. Uh, there at the end of his at his um, appearance, he was getting a little crazy. Um, Havman came in for an inning and a third. No hits, no runs, no walks, one strikeout on 12 pitches. And then Floyd Kemp comes in for a full inning. Dude only throws eight pitches in a full inning. That's the kind of corporal efficiency you're looking for. Yep, Mr. Floyd was efficient that day. Three outs on eight pitches. Um, one, and he gave up a hit, so he faced four batters. Or and still only had eight pitches. Yep, one hit, no, no runs, no walks, no strikeouts. Um, so you, you drop the game 5-3. Your offense wasn't really there. Um, you did get a home run from a very unlikely hitter in Brian Klein. He hit a ball. It was probably a few inches off of the plate in terms of like vertical inches, very nearly on the ground. Um, basically drops to a knee to, to golf this ball into the air. Was um, it a solo? No, or was no, no. It, it, it was a double, or he, he had a two-run shot because uh, Noisy was on base too. That's right. Um, so at that point, you're down four-zero. Klein hits the home run, his second on the season. And your second ever home run in Omaha, and your fourth appearance, fifth or sixth game there. You'd only hit one home run previous to that. And it was Eric Gutierrez. Brian Klein, of all people, gets your next home run in Omaha on a pitch that shouldn't have been hit. A batter that doesn't have home run power in Omaha. Um, and even then, like you, you watch the ball hit, and you're like, that's kind of like a soft like pop up. It's gonna be yeah. That center fielder is gonna run up and catch it. But it, like it, like you're watching the broadcast and the outfielders are like they turn around. You're like, oh, go <laughs> go 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 go. Um, you drop the game five to three. Drops you into the losers bracket, and now you're 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 chasing it now. Um, you're gonna face the loser between the Florida State Arkansas game. I was expecting Arkansas to pull that game out. Florida State gets the upset. Um, since Arkansas to the elimination game, that's when I was like, oh, man, this is going to be a tough matchup. You got the one of the teams that was picked had one of the highest odds to win this whole thing, and you're facing them in an elimination game. Um, that was here on Monday. Monday. <clears throat> Excuse me, yesterday. Um, your starting pitcher, Caleb Killian, he, he has the – the starting performance that you were kind of looking for um, from Dallas on Saturday, um, he went seven full innings on 105 pitches, so very close to what the Michigan uh, pitcher Kaufman did. Yeah, he, he gave up a solo home run in the second, um, and then a two-run triple in the third, and then a another run scored on an infield single in the third. So. After three, you're down 3-0. You're not really looking good at this point in the game. We're all like in the Slack chat. We're saying, man, we're just we're just not, we're not on it today. Um, it was it was not a good feeling. It wasn't. But then because baseball is a weird game and that's the way baseball go, in the fourth inning, the bottom of the fourth, so uh, 
Arkansas did their three runs in the top of the second and third. Bottom of the fourth, Cam Warren comes up to bat with Josh Young on, on first. Hits a no-doubter into left field. He was... he. The second he took off from home plate, it was a it was a jaunt. He knew he for sure. Unleashed some of the super regional demons. And they replayed that they replayed that home run so many times, but I never got tired of it. That I remember them coming back. I happened to be in the break room because I was obviously at work. wasn't super efficient at work on Monday. Apologies, everyone. But my boss was at this game, so I don't feel too bad. But I had. Uh, when they kept coming back, you know, they were given the, the angle and the trajectory and how fast it was coming off and the umpire cam, everything. They, they kept replaying that home run and I was just eating it up. I thought it was great. It was fantastic. Yeah, because the second it left, he just started to leisurely jog. He knew. Everybody, <laughs> well, I think everybody knew. Well, if, if you watch enough baseball, um, you, you can kind of, you, you get the feeling for a lot of balls hitting into the air on a broadcast, you're like, oh, that's a home run. You had that feel on his. His was a little more lower trajectory than like just like a moonshot. Mm-hmm. Um, but let me see if I can find this really quickly. I'm, I'm struggling here. Um, dude, his his home run was just fantastic. You needed it because, um, I mean. Then you were down by only one run after that. Yes, sorry. I'm, I'm I'm looking at a a lot of Twitter posts about Cam Warren, and it's about the uh, scoring from first, which we'll talk about. In a <laughs> We've got to. Um, <laughs> Are you going to play the right. break breakdown of that once we get to it? I will. Okay, sorry, I, I, I'm, I'm teasing I just, it slightly. It's a really good breakdown that some guy did on Twitter. I just scrolled past somebody that all they said was Cam Usain Warren. <laughs> <laughs> Making the reference to Usain Bolt. <laughs> um, there it is. Albie Shore. Mr. Albie Shore. Um, oh, yeah. I think he worked. Does he write for the... Oh, he yeah. He writes for VTM, I think. You know, I'm, I'm probably never going to find this stupid thing. You know what I could do? Go to Texas Tech Baseball's Twitter page. Could try that. Um, it's going to be buried under. There's so many highlights. There's too many highlights to get to. It may take you a minute. <laughs> Anyways, so following that, um, while I look it up, bottom of the fifth, former Razorback Easton Morrell hits his no doubter home run into the Arkansas bullpen. First and only of the year, correct? Correct. <laughs> his first career Texas Tech home run. Hits against his former team to tie the game in Omaha in an elimination game. Well, and was he? Was it? Was he really only in the lineup because of because of Holt being out, or has he been in the lineup here and there? Not, con- I mean, not consistently. No, he he hasn't he hasn't been in the lineup much at all this season. So um, I mean, there were a lot of things that had to kind of happened perfectly for him to be there even to even be in the lineup yeah all right so I, I found the video of Warren's home run I don't know the audio is it may be Jeff Haxton if it is we're winning yeah um it may not have any audio at all so I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna gamble here because I, I pulled it up on Twitter while Michael was talking all right this is live 
Sounds like there's no audio. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, no audio on that one. Fantastic. There, there aren't audio on, on GIFs, Spencer. But that's not a GIF, man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't just, think I know what I'm looking at. I'm just making sure. All right. S- we're going to find this because we, we well, have to listen to it. I just have to say, speaking of looking at our friend of the show, who, friend of the show, Rob Rowe. Yeah. Well, I, I was actually going to go with friend of the show, uh, Keith Patrick. Oh. Co-host, temporary co-host of the 23 Personal Podcast last two of the last three weeks, which, again, shout out to Keith for coming on. I really appreciate that. Um, I know Spencer does, too, because it's it scares him to death to think about having to host a podcast by himself. <laughs> I think he'd do fine, but... He's I can read a notes document like <laughs> nobody's business. All right. But uh Keith several Keith sightings. Dude several so Keith sightings on the camera. It's been it's been a lot of fun. The best one probably had to come from yesterday's game. It bottom of the ninth. Or top of, of the ninth. Or top of the ninth. Yeah, Arkansas's sorry. last last chance. They're down by one. They have one or two runners on. Pretty sure two. They have two runners on, two outs. And the broadcast catches just Keith. Like, there's nobody else in this shot. It's Keith. He's holding up his scorebook in front of his face. It looks like like he's maybe talking to himself. Just intense. Just intently looking at on at the game. Like, like if you were in the NFL, he would be calling a play. That was kind of where the scorebook was. Yeah, he's holding he's the play covering card his up. mouth. Mm-hmm. So he may have been saying something. He may have been saying whatever Josh Young says to his bat, and we'll never yeah. know. All right, I've got the Cam Warren. Hold okay, on. Cam run, Cam run, two run shot. Just kidding. Oh, man. You know what it is? I was is? so excited. <laughs> the problem with... Yeah, okay. The problem with the other video was... Oh, dang it. I've, I've already lost it. Was that I had the computer muted. So uh, that's why there was no sound. Okay, well, so let's quickly go back to the, the Texas Tech baseball account and see if they have sound because I'd much rather listen to Jeff Haxton than those... The broadcasters. The... Okay, here you go. Ready? It's field audio. Okay, hold on. Yeah, that was just from the crowd. Yeah. Okay, we're, we're going to do the, the broadcast. And some time because all the tools are there. Wow, this one launched deep left off the bat of Warren and into the bleachers. So this dude hits it up. It's what? Um... 10, 12 rows deep into the outfield bleachers. Guy's wearing a baby blue Brooklyn Dodgers baseball uniform. Timely. Jersey shot. Unbuttoned all the way up. He's wearing an undershirt. He jumps to make the catch. Does it one-handed. With his left hand. Left hand. Beer in his right hand. Spills a little bit of the beer, but the broadcast that doesn't catch it, lots of video other otherwise do catch it. Immediately chugs the rest of his beer. Hero. <laughs> fantastic. He was also um, sitting next to... A, a man in a Cleveland Browns jersey. Inexplicably. He's wearing a Baker Mayfield jersey. Oh, that's that's a dig. <laughs> I didn't realize it was a Mayfield jersey, but well, that makes a little more It's a number sense. six jersey, so I'm, I'm assuming Mayfield wears six in Cleveland like he wore everywhere no. else. Um, Thanks, guy. Thanks, Cleveland Browns jersey at the College World Series guy. The other cool thing about this, Dylan Dushek, former Red Raider pitcher, says, Cam Warren wants to sign this ball for this fan help help me find him 
um, there's some Twitter interaction going on. It turns out this one dude's like, oh, I know that dude. He's my he's my uh, rec league flag football quarterback. And <laughs> of tags course the he dude. is. <laughs> and, so, and so Dushek said, hey, at batting practice for the next game, just head down and Cam Warren will sign that thing for you. Very impressive because Barstool Sports has the video clip of just the catch. So it like zooms on him, sees him jump up, catch the ball, and then chug the beer. It's fantastic. Um, that's okay. when Twitter. That's when Twitter it pays off. Dude, it's fan. It, I love Twitter. <laughs> um. So that's that's two runs. You get down three to two, or you climb back to three to two. Um. Easton Morell comes up to bat in the bottom of the fifth. Nobody's on base, unfortunately. But dude cranks one into the Arkansas bullpen. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. It is to win 20 games, especially in the Western Division. This one is launched deep right field into the bullpen. So one of the best things about this, Bryce Bonin is not the first player on the field, but he's sprinting through the dugout to get onto the field. I don't think I caught that because they did show the dugout. Mm-hmm. The broadcast also didn't catch it, but once Morell saw that it was a home run between first and second, he held his guns up for a good three or four trots. I think I saw that, or I read that he did it, but I I, I missed it when it actually happened. It's a fantastic burn of his old team as he hits a home run to tie the game. And gets to run by several of them on the way. Yeah. Um. So the offense in, in Omaha... Like, you don't go into Omaha thinking we're just going to hit home runs. We just hit dingers in Omaha. Because Texas Tech has not done that. Um, in the previous three trips, you had one home run. You got one home run from Brian Klein, like we said, in the first game. In this game alone, um, you end up hitting three. This one's rocketed to right field. It is gone. Bottom of the sixth. Josh Young hits an oppo taco. I, I love saying oppo taco. And for no other reason, just saying oppo taco. <laughs> um, opposite field home run, bottom of the six to go up four to three. Um, he was first batter too, right? Yeah, he was leadoff. So his home run goes 401 feet. Morell's was the shortest at 358. You but, could kind of tell because... But it also went the highest. Well, they, the, the crowd, they weren't sure. On, no. on Morell's replay, now that I've heard it, you can tell they were, they thought, oh, this one's got a chance. And then, you know, they exploded once it went over. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Cam Warren's home run, 421. <clears throat> so That's scooting. Um, Jamie Lint gave the dimensions of both Texas Tech, uh, Dan Lawfield at Rip Griffin Park, the dimensions there and the dimensions at TD Ameritrade. Dan Lawfield, the walls and the corners are at either 325 or 330. And then straightaway center is 404. TD Ameritrade, the corners are 335. And straightaway center is 408. So everybody talks about like, oh, it's just, it's, the ballpark is just so big. It plays so big. It was like, it's five feet longer in the corners yeah. and four feet longer straightaway. So it's like, it's really not that much bigger than yours orientation of the field where it faces into the wind in Omaha is the biggest thing. Whereas you, your, your orientation favors the hitters hitting in 
hitting up and having the wind blow it out. Yeah, from that west northwest direction. Yeah. Um but that 421 feet from Cam Warren would have landed like you know let's see in left field it would have been like out there by that um whatever that new building is. I don't even know what it meter is. Shack. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Um Morales at 358 would have landed like on the track cuz there one there's, there's not not a lot of sp- space out there in right field past the wall um and that doesn't include the wind mm-mm. they could have carried a little further in lubbock home run or uh, josh young's home run at 401 definitely would have been off the wall because that was uh or off the um off the scoreboard it's about where our scoreboard is uh and then brian klein 389 that would have been a no doubter as well um so the homers you're getting in omaha they're not like just squeaking over the fence. You did you did get one of those very nearly a home run. Um so top of the eighth, Arkansas ties the game with the sacrifice fly. Uh to deep left field. Kurt Wilson catches the ball, records the out, then the throw coming home was not going to be in time regardless because of just how far back he was. Um was offline, runs ends up scoring, ties the game. Bottom of the eighth, Cam Warren walks. Um, but I'm going to turn it over to, to John boy on Twitter to talk about the breakdown here of this run. So John boy does these video breakdowns. Mostly he's a Yankees fan. He did this one for Texas tech, um, scoring the Gorehead run in the eighth against Arkansas. Yeah. Texas tech and Arkansas in an elimination game tied at four in the bottom of the eighth. And look at this dude, Cameron Warren. Look at these numbers. 353 batting average, 18 home runs, 447 on base percentage. Are you kidding me? This breakdown is brought to you by AffordableJerseys.com. They got a 2-0 He's count. Get a plug in there. Careful it's nice. with this dude. They're giving him a heavy dose of breaking balls. Gets the count to 3-1. He spoils that one. And now 3-2. They give him the fastball, but he misses his spot. The go-ahead run is on first base. The DH comes up next. Breaking ball strike, breaking ball, ball. And the, the DH here is obviously Cody Masters. Uh, they go fastball. He hasn't hit his spot with his fastball yet. 2-1, fastball again outside. Now, this is great coaching. It's a 3-1 count. Of course it is. This Tadlock. dude has to throw a strike. He has to throw a strike. He can't walk him. And you got the opposite of speed on the base paths, but he's the go-ahead run. So they put him in motion the opposite with the hit and run. The DH pops that one. Okay, so one, quote, the opposite of speed on the base path, end quote, my favorite line probably of this entire video because he just it's kind of a throwaway he he doesn't even really mean it as a dig he's just kind of trying to state something now this is great coaching it's a 3-1 count this dude has to throw a strike he has to throw a strike you can't walk him and you got the opposite of speed on the like that is a legit truthful analysis of Cam Warren there. Like he, he he's not a fanboy. He's not trying to, to, to pump him up. It's like he's more athletic than you think. And I was like, mm, the opposite of speed. Cam Warren's probably your slowest guy on the team. He would agree with you. You know, <laughs> he, he would agree with you, but he's uh doesn't mean he didn't put put in the effort on that run. That's for no. sure. So two outs, bottom of the eighth. Since Cam on a hit and run, um if you had any hope of scoring, he probably had to be running before the pitch came. Um, he was, 
Yeah, he left as soon as the pitcher started moving. Yeah. The catcher jumped up like he was going to throw Cameron Warren out. He probably had a great shot had Cody Masters not connected with the ball. Masters destroys this pitch, just mashes it into left center, about the same area that Josh Young hit his home run. Um, And it hits on the wall between the NCAA logo and the top of the wall. There's probably a couple of feet there. About halfway up the wall, you'd say? Uh, like three quarters. Three quarters. Um, another couple of feet, we're looking at a, a six to four lead, uh, a two run home run there. And Cody Masters would have had the, uh, heroes reception that Kurt Wilson did against, um, Oklahoma state. Well, and, and that's sorry. Oh, crunching the ice too. We've got a little Ryan Hyatt action going Man, on. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Little, <clears throat> I got, I got a little too comfortable. So just, just like I'm just talking with my friend about baseball. No, but you mentioned something before we started recording. Something about the, the the home run record, the amount of home runs in a single College World Series game. Yeah. So I, I, one they were talking about it because, um, Arkansas had hit a home run, um, in this game early on, with Josh Young's home run. That was four combined home runs for the game. That ties the record for most home runs hit in a game meaning nobody's hit more than four um as it's combined yeah had you hit a fourth home run there you would have owned the record for most home runs in a game in omaha very close and and just like you were saying a, a qu- couple of feet a quarter of a length of a wall yeah and, and you almost had it but he's the go-ahead run so they put him in motion with the hit and run the dh pops that one into right field off the fence because they put the big guy in motion. Oh, come on, internet. Fail. He scores from first. Whew, chugging around the bases. Hell yeah, that's the go-ahead run. Safe at third for the triple. Ump. Okay, so Cody Masters makes it all the way around to third because the ball bounces off the fence, rolls back into the field. Erstad had to chase it down. Masters almost gets tagged out anyways. Um, when he slides and he jumps up, they're... I think it was reviewed. It was. They um, they reviewed that. I I was at the Texas Tech Club celebrating something else. The game was on, obviously. So I, I didn't have any of the audio. Um, I didn't have audio either, but they they reviewed it because I remember him coming, the ref or the ump coming out and yeah, you know, pointing and saying safe and which turns out wouldn't wouldn't have been that consequential because Texas Tech does not score masters from third. Um, you leave the inning five, four, but the, the review there, um, confirms him safe. The rest of this video though is fantastic. That's cam love the ump cam. Pretty fun. Smoked it. He's like, Oh yeah. Giving out his chest bumps. He's tired though. He's like, not too hard guys. Not even talking, not yelling, just doing his duty. He's catching his bumps. He's like, whew, whew. Coach got all the way. So this was from like left center field cam era area looking at master sliding into third j bob thomas is on all fours telling him to slide get down it's a great angle down on the slide i like that i like that they said that this third baseman and this runner went to the same high school they were high school teammates that's cool so talk about like all the the former teammate connections here in this game you got um masters in the third baseman here and then uh easton morrell and bryce bonin both with the entire almost the entire team yeah played for arkansas last season in omaha yeah, and then here's the best shot. 
bullpen cam. The bullpen catcher was scaling the wall over there for a better view. He's super excited. Down the row here, we got the prom pose going on. Not sure if the... Okay, so one, I can't tell who these pictures are because it's it's really grainy, uh, the images, because he zoomed way in on this video. It's two pitchers, two bullpen pitchers. The guy in front has his arms up on the cage, on, on, on the wall. Mm-hmm. He, he's got the, the fence. There's a pitcher behind him with his arms around his waist like you would see at a prom picture. Yeah, I, I would I would liken it to to go to come full circle kind of to the uh, king of the world scene in Titanic, which is in the the My Heart Will Go On music video that yeah. I had to watch to find that to find that uh, see it all it yeah. all makes sense. Here we got the prom pose going on. Not sure if the guy in front is enjoying that as much as the guy in back. <laughs> Excited all around. Then we got some guns. Yeah, that's already a gift. <laughs> It has to that, be. that fan was. I think he was a gift before the game was over. I saw that floating around on Twitter. He's wearing a bucket hat. Oh, I know he's my hero. He's he's got the sun protection down. Yep. Um. And then we go to the bottom. Or we go into the ninth. Um. Arkansas is able to get two runners on. Um, yeah, because McMillan hit a guy. Yeah, he <laughs> like destroys the shoulder of one. But like he throws a fastball and hits him the the shoulder. Uh, he gets pulled after that, so that was a first batter in the ninth because uh, Floyd is credited with a full inning, so he gets three outs. Um, he gives up one hit. Um, he strikes out a guy. He gets a pop-up into foul territory, I believe, and then a, a fly-out to, to Kurt Wilson in left field to end the game. So three outs on 15 pitches, so he wasn't as effect, as efficient as he was on the Wednesday game. Um, still still managed it okay. Yeah, Havman went two-thirds of an inning for 22 pitches. Uh, he came in before McMillan. McMillan got one out, and then Floyd got three. Um, you survive in advance. You move on. You will face the winner? No, the loser of the – no, sorry. You'll, you'll face Florida State. You've, you're, you've already got your opponent. You're, you're yeah. facing Florida State Wednesday night at 6 – Yes. Assuming that the games aren't delayed, the weather on Tuesday, the afternoon game um, was slated to restart at like nine o'clock tonight after all their weather. Assuming that holds true, the second game was going to be postponed until Wednesday afternoon. If that all holds true and they all play on time, Texas Tech will take on Florida State on Wednesday evening, six o'clock. Florida State is a team that you, I don't really want to face. No, they have a. I'd, I'd rather be going back against Michigan, uh, except Michigan in that Florida State game, their pitcher, complete game. They did not use a single bullpen arm. So, which means if you get past Florida State, Michigan State will have all of their arms back. Yep. They would have anybody they wanted to put on the mound against you. So, the thing is, Michigan, I mean, Okay, yes, I just said their the Michigan pitcher went went a, a full, complete game. Florida State did not score in this game. Uh, Michigan won two to zero. Um, so if anything, you're looking at a team that has not scored a lot of runs uh, in the postseason uh, when they played in their super against LSU. They didn't score a lot of runs. Um, so they defeated Arkansas on Saturday 1-0. They lost against Michigan 
uh, 2-0. Um, they're super regional. They, they scored a combined 11 runs in two games, so not bad. Um, they just haven't been able to get the, the offense together in Omaha yet. Um, it looks like previously that they, they have been able to, to, to scratch some runs across. So the ACC tournament, they played Wake Forest, lost 4-7. They beat NC State 11-0. Um, and then in their regional, they played Florida Atlantic 13-7, Georgia 12-3, Georgia 12-1, and then Supers 6-4, 5-4. So the further they get into the, the postseason, better pitching, um, the fewer runs they're putting up. So if you want to look at a trajectory that way, um, Florida State's offense is is struggling to score against better opposition. You will have Bryce Bonin starting for you. Um, your bullpen situation is a little bit more in the air because you've basically gone with a rotation of Havman, McMillan, and Floyd. Uh, yes. Queen yeah. has come in. He on came occasion. in briefly in the Michigan game first, right? Wasn't he the first one? Yeah, and I, that may have been that may have been due he's to he's more of like an innings eater. Yeah, that may have been due to the fact that uh, I, I've already blanked on who started, but he was only three pit or three innings in. Micah Dallas. Yeah, yeah. So that may have something to do with why Connor Queen came in. Um, he came in in the fourth, pitched the fourth and the fifth. Um, so you're. Your bullpen, which has been a strength um, this season, you you haven't had to rely on them a whole bunch. Um, this is part of the year where you like you want to try to preserve arms, but then like there's nothing to preserve them for if you lose, right? Um, right, right. You don't want to hurt anybody, but you can't leave anybody on the shelf. So um, exhaust all options. Yeah, so you, you'll see um, Havman come back out. Queen will come back out. Um, big bad John. John McMillan's gonna have to come back. He didn't throw that many pitches so far. I think he's cumulatively up to like thirty or forty pitches, which is about a bullpen session. Um, I'm probably getting those. Nah, he's less than he's yeah. He's thirty four. Thirty four. Floyd, I think he's thrown twenty. Twenty three. He he had fifteen and eight. Fifteen and eight. Yep, twenty three. So. I mean, they haven't thrown a ton of, of of balls, but you also hope Bryce Bonin can get you. Like you would really like to have at least six, five. You're you can be okay with anything less than five. You're like, oh, we really have to scratch something together here. Um, it just gets so compact because you because if you make it past Florida State, you have to beat Michigan twice. Um. Because they were able to go a, f- a complete game, they've rested their bullpen arms, which were their starters, essentially. Um, all their arms will be fresh. They'll be on their third starter by the time you play them, and you'll be on your fourth. So you're already a starter behind, and their bullpen will be fresher. Um, I, I heard somebody describe it this way. It's going to be harder to get to the championship game than it is to win the championship series. Oh, I see. You've got to go three and zero to get to the championship series. You mean? Yeah. So it's going to be harder to get to face the other side of the bracket from where you are now than it would be for you to win the championship series once you got there. Because I think once you get there, you're comfortable with restarting your your rotation. 
Um, you may have to do that before you get there. Um, just because I don't think you have five starters. Uh, you could go a short start and then rely on the bullpen during the season because your, your Friday, Saturday guys are usually pretty good or your midweek guys can, you've got some, some days in there of rest. Um, but if you, you win Wednesday, then you would play Michigan on Friday. If you win Friday, you'd play again on Saturday. The championship series would start on Monday. So you don't have a lot of turnaround to, to rest arms and get you ready for a best of three series. Um, well, and as which you is mentioned, why when, when that first game is so big. Yeah. And as you mentioned earlier, that's this stuff may get pushed back a little bit because the Louisville Auburn game, uh, it's going to have to pick up at noon tomorrow and then they're going to need to squeeze in the Vanderbilt Mississippi state game before tech and Florida state play. So who knows if, if this gets moved back or not. Not that it really matters. I think the time between when Tech plays Florida State and if they were to win to go on to play Michigan would still probably be two days between those two games. But all that to say Michigan may even have an extra day when it's all said and done. And so, Which, would, so would Tech. That would help well, us. So, so here's the thing. I, I don't think it would benefit Michigan as much because they've already – one, because they're at 2-0 and and they win a complete game with their starter. It, it might be able to get their starter rotation up a day. Okay. Um, but because their their bullpen arms are already fresh and ready to go and they get Wednesday off, um, it wouldn't really necessarily help Michigan to get an extra day as it would help everybody else that's having to catch up. Um, so, yeah, so there's a triple header planned for Wednesday. So this is where it gets interesting uh, for tomorrow. For Wednesday. I'm going to go okay, to, sorry. I'm going to go to Omaha, Nebraska weather. So the, the original plan was to reconvene at 9 PM, but around seven 30, the officials called it. So the Auburn, um, Oh, Auburn, Mississippi state. I think no Auburn Louisville. Yep. Sorry. will continue their game first Wednesday. Yes. And They'll pick up in the fifth inning, I think. <clears throat> yes, and then you'll get the um, Vanderbilt-Mississippi State game at an hour and five minutes after the conclusion of that game. And then... Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm looking through. So, sorry. Auburn-Louisville will start at 11. Vanderbilt-Mississippi State will start an hour and five minutes after the conclusion of that game. Texas Tech will start either at six or sixty-five minutes after Florida State, Texas, or Vanderbilt, Mississippi State. Yep. Um, the weather on Wednesday looks like it should be dry enough to get all three games in. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing a high of seventy-nine, twenty percent chance of showers. So that's probably about as normal as you can expect. The issue is if you were to get past Wednesday, there's rain forecasted Friday, Saturday, Sunday maybe an issue um, depending on when the rain comes. If it starts, if they postpone your game, then you get that extra day of rest. If it comes in the middle of a game, like it did against Auburn Louisville, then it throws off your, your pitching. Cause you're not going to throw a guy out there in the second, like on day two, you're not going to restart your starter, even though he, at the time of the rain delay may have been fine to keep going. 
on the continuation the next day, he's not going to be the one going back out there. So Auburn, Louisville, those pitchers are kind of in a, a tough spot. Yeah. But yeah. that's on the other side of the bracket. We don't really care about them. No, that's fine. So we'll worry about them in 10 days if we have to. 10 days. Well, and, and on Monday, really. Yeah, that's not, true. Not 10 days. Um, it's been really cool to see Keith on the broadcast. We saw him on, on both games. Uh, the first game was more of a, in a crowd, but the, like we said earlier, the one about just him holding up a scorebook in front of his face in the most intense part of the game. Yeah, I think he's made it. He's he's got that as his new profile pick on, on Facebook. Facebook yeah, and I don't blame him. I, oh, it's I would fantastic. too. That's it was a great it was a great shot, and because you could see the see the score. It was top of the ninth. There was two outs. There's two men on. I mean, it was if there was a reason to to kind of have that look, that was it. Okay, so let's quickly talk about just the attention. Like, it just seems like every every day, every week, there's just more attention being paid to the Texas Tech athletic department and their success. Uh, this spring, um, there have been several more articles written since we last touched on it. Um, it's just been something like it's one of those things that probably won't, won't really sink in until you look back and like, holy crap, the spring of 2019. That was a heck of a year. Your basketball team goes, wins the Big 12 Conference, um, makes a run all the way to the national title game. Takes it to overtime. Takes it to overtime. Got some questionable calls that went against you. Yep questionable things in the middle of the game where you would, you would do it a different way if you had another chance at it. Um, your men's track and field team wins an outdoor national title wins, uh, back to back big 12 indoor outdoor sweeps 2018 and 2019. Um, your baseball team is in the elite eight of the the baseball world uh, in the college world series. Their fourth time in six years under Tadlock. Your first time to go back to back, eighteen nineteen. Yep. Um, your cheerleading squad won yeah, national championship. I think back to back. Both won back to back national titles. Your throw meet, that in there. Meet judging team, which was yes. mentioned on the broadcast. Like we just found out about this. Turns out that they don't actually get to eat the meat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think they cook it. That's yeah. It's not cooked meat. No. It's there's not, there's like no a, cooking it's not involved. A barbecue competition. <laughs> no, I don't know what they thought it was. <laughs> but sign me up for that. Sure. Um, what else? Your softball team, um, record level success on the season for them this year had a well, like a s- nearly seventy percent increase in attendance this season. Made the tournament for the first time in yep. a long time. Very nearly made the supers. Yeah, against um, LSU. LSU, one of the the softball powers. Yep. Um, I'm probably forgetting some other spring like golf. Yeah, like y'all mentioned tennis. last week, golf and tennis. They, I know that they've done well. Um, but I couldn't tell you exactly where, unfortunately. Mm-mm. But it's both men's and women's. Yeah, yeah. On I both mean, of those sports, it's and uh, even even the volleyball squad did pretty good this year. That's not that's not spring. They sports, were turning it around. Yeah, but they they did uh, so much better than the year before, and I think they made a postseason tournament. I'm not sure. I think it was kind of the equivalent of the NIT, but they were still able to continue there season after a regular big 12 play was over so kirby hokut may know what he's doing question mark i think so <laughs> i think so i, th- I think this kind of leads into the D- so okay so everybody's like well now it's matt wells turn like, let's it, it, it's football's Wait, he, so he, he, here's here's my question to you michael after seeing all of this this spring do you have 
does that help your confidence level and hoe cut selecting wells? Okay. Okay. That's a, and not that I'm saying wells has to be successful year one. Cause it, no, like that's even, even um, all these programs. I just, we just lifted off, listed off. They weren't year one successes. No. Uh, Beard started in year two. This was his third year. Tadlock, this is his sixth. Kitley's been here for 20 years. Greystone has been here a couple years for tennis. Um, not tennis, volleyball. No. It's soccer. No, that, that's, soccer. that's Tom Stone. That's Tom Stone. Okay, see, that's always where I get confused. Greystone is either volleyball or one of the tennis teams. He's volleyball, I'm pretty sure. So I know I know tennis used to be Siegel until his son had the accident. Correct, yeah. I don't remember who took over for him. Petty. That's right. Um. Anyways, so does the success of the other sports give you more confidence in Hoka's decision to hire Wells when we when we kind of had some questions about the hiring process as it was going down, like why aren't you interviewing Dana Holgerson or yeah, why it, aren't you looking at other guys? I it it does give me a little bit more confidence. I mean, and, and it's not that I I was never. Um, I I think what you just mentioned was my biggest issue with the hire initially was just. If Holgerson was interested, I just really felt like we should have entertained that a little bit, uh, and at least pretended to. Don't win some games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Win some, some, but, some games. Uh, but I, I just thought that was kind of I don't want to say bizarre, but seemed odd. But isn't it, everything around Holgerson bizarre? That's a fair this point. Comb over and oh, I love it. Uh, visor. I'm just still. I'm just still worried about it. The poor guy. He's gonna have. Severe case of melanoma at some point <laughs> on his scalp. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I worry about him. Anyway, I I talked myself into the Wells hire being a, being a solid hire, you know, being um, uh, a good one that I think, you know, time will tell how good it will be. But so it, it does help a little bit, but it's not that I, you know, it doesn't push me way over the edge on um oh man he 100 percent did the right thing like it it adds it adds like four or five percentage points okay because you just kind of look at the track record of the other guys and and girls and and see okay well you know he obviously has a he has a knack for finding folks that fit in here and are able to find success and uh find it in lubbock which apparently was impossible to do so yeah, I mean, I, I it it does give me a little bit of a confidence booster. What what about you? Just not much. I just don't want to say it's like, oh man, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm fully on board. I'm probably there with you. Um, I'm one. Just I need to repeat this. Not expecting a huge football season this year. Yes, you've got to really. We have a question about that, so don't go trash too in depth in it. Um, yeah, I I do feel um, like it just. Wow, could you be any louder? I made a really loud noise. <laughs> uh, more trust in Hokut's process. That I, I think he's earned more trust in the process with what um, we've seen this spring. Yeah, gets more benefit of the doubt. Yeah, that if if he's got his sights set on someone and doesn't, you know, maybe doesn't talk to the person you thought he should, then there may be a good reason for it, and can kind of. Uh, kind of let that go but mm. 
So the, the other we'll two uh, media outlets I wanted to mention that have published something on the athletic department success, the Oklahoman um, and Forbes. Oh, Forbes. Mm-hmm. That was so, so did a Waco paper. I found that out today. And there, there were two different writers for the Austin American Statesman, Cedric something, and then... Um, Oh, what's his Kirk name? Bowles. Kirk Bowles. There it is. Kirk Bowles had a he had a good write up yeah, about yeah. tech. I think Cedric was the one that said, "Yeah, but y'all can't play football." Okay, good. is that right? No, that's exactly what he said. <laughs> Probably how he said it too. Y'all don't know how to play the football though. <laughs> I don't even know this guy. I'm sure he talks I, like I, that. I though. can't remember his name either. <laughs> good. We don't need to publicize it. I, I never read it. I just know that that was what the the title of the article is basically something. Hey, not so fast, Texas Tech. Not to, or you can't brag to you are good at football. Well, so I, doing that search, I saw that Reckham Rad basically wrote the same thing as like Texas Tech is not in the golden era without football. It's like, well, did did they then about five hours later write a post that said Texas Tech is in the golden era even without football? Probably from the same writer. Yeah, that's Let possible. Me Let me check it out. <laughs> Texas Tech is having unparalleled success in spring sports, and then. Next article, but it doesn't matter because they're not having the same success in football. That's a load of crap. <laughs> Seth, Seth had a good article, a really good article about that, kind of combating that. And um, it was titled something along the lines of "Let's not move the goalposts." Mm-hmm. You know, success is success. If if you're doing uh, a bang up job on in one sport and or in eight sports and then not the other, you're still doing pretty good. It doesn't matter as much what other people think. Can we also just talk about just for a second, Reckham Red is really just one guy. Pretty sure. It's Matthew Connor. Yeah. So props for carrying that yeah, site. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. But Mr. it also Connor. comes out with those things where like he contradicts himself to get the clicks. Yeah. I remember seeing that back during the coaching search. There was a there'd be a a pro Kingsbury article, and then you know you wait a day why, or two. Why Kingsbury needs to go? Yes. Why Kingsbury needs to stay? Next yeah. Day. You know, really, it's not that bad. And yeah. No, this is inexcusable after this game. Or all right, yeah. Let's get to some questions. I got some. We got some questions this time. I got some questions. Okay. All right, hit us with it. All right, I'll, I'll hit it with you. The the first thing I want to do. Um, let me let me get to Brian's question because he actually asked <laughs> some. Some real questions, and then I'll get to uh, my question. But because um, yours is important, it is. It's very Most. important. Brian asked two questions. Number one, and number two. Yeah. Number one, what needs to happen this season for you to feel really good slash confident about the Matt Wells era? I to feel to feel really good or confident. It may be because like it's been a while and I haven't seen a Texas Tech coach or Kingsbury coach Texas Tech team let me down in like eight months. <laughs> um, it's a pretty good streak. I mean, we're we're rolling. We're gonna go like nearing in on ten months before you know it. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hit almost a full year. Like, oh my gosh, this is what so difficult about this being a fan of Texas Tech football. Um. Not losing a game you think you should. Sorry. Not winning a game 
that you think you should win. That's pretty good. So that that seems. I'm thinking reasonable. back to to the Kansas State game last season. As a game where you you felt confident going into it, the overtime you, game. No. Oh no, that was the season before. You had Sorry. every single opportunity to win that game. Kansas State was giving it to you, and you were just like, "No, I don't want this." You you try to give it back. Um, it was the ugliest, most frustrating game I've probably watched in recent memory. Baylor game um, was pretty gross too. The Baylor game where, where you got a what was it like a ten point lead, and you felt like okay, we'll just just need to maintain. Like you don't want to like ever feel like we just need to to play defense, but let's not let them get touchdowns and we're kicking field goals. But that's what happened, and you ended up losing that game. So the, the game in West Virginia a couple of years ago, it's like thirty five. Yeah, so we you, had some you crazy thirty four seventeen, and yep. you ended up losing. Um, like. Losing a heartbreaker to Texas where you got crabtreed, I mean, you kind of have to deal with that. Um, hanging with Oklahoma for like three quarters, you can kind of have to deal with that. That's the best you could expect. Well, and, and you, you did it without um, without Bowman because that was the time he – the second time he re-injured – sorry. He re-injured his lung second time he hurt it. Uh, getting behind West Virginia when, when he heard it the first time. Um so like I'm not expecting like a six and six, seven and five season. Like okay, well now I know we're being, you know, we're, we're on the the right path. If that happens, yes, great. Um, it's going to be hard to go through the season and like expect a losing season, and then just going into it thinking you're going to be okay with that. Because I think last season or the year before we were like this is a three or four win team, and then we bought into it like. No, no, it, it it was last season. We're like, oh my gosh, Bowman's a lot better than we thought he was, and like, yeah, yeah. Carter broke his foot off. We're like, ah, what are we gonna do? <laughs> Carter was only quarterback. Um, so my my bar, I think, is gonna just be winning the games that you should. I think that's I think that's good. I'm I'm going to copy you a little bit and. Because I kind of thought about it out loud as as we were talking. Mine's, you, you can't say not losing the games you shouldn't. No, mine's <laughs> going to be uh, hanging on to a lead. Mine's going to be if you if you get up by two scores, it's, it's win it's, win the damn thing. It's okay <laughs> to it. it's okay to to not keep piling on the score. Yeah. Yeah, but let's let's also like win by yeah. two scores. If it, it, let's win by two scores or or one, I'll take one. I'll take but, a point. I guess. But if you really. get up by you know ten thirteen, going into the fourth quarter, have more points than the other team at the end of the game. <laughs> that that's that's going to be a, kind of a good confidence booster for me to to just see that and 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 know that you know. To, to kind of have that go away because we, we haven't had that even when Leach was here. I mean, just we've, we've never gone into the fourth quarter up by 10 or up or up by 13 thinking, Oh, this is over. We we can't think that way. We know better. And most fans know better anyway, just because they've seen it happen to them a few times, but it seems like it's happened an awful lot to us. Yeah. Whatever it is, it's, it's too many. There have been, a lot of those those games, like it wasn't last season. It was it was Jakeem Grant's last season at Tech, where 
games like the Oklahoma State game, you were up by 17 and you lost the game by 17. Yeah. That's a Flip five flop. touchdown swing. Um, you just, you just can't do that. Nope. Okay. All right. You ready for a second question? Yeah, let's do it. All right. He said, inspired by Dinger Derby's Sojourn, which is our, our buddy Keith, who is at the College World Series, as so y'all I, know. I thought about having him call in to the show, but I was like, I don't know how to coordinate yeah. that because this is his off day. He's taking a break, doing laundry, yeah. doing some steaks. Recouping. I was like, I don't know if I want to. Don't interrupt that necessarily. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so Brian asked, inspired by Dinger Derby's Sojourn, what's your go-to road trip snack and drink combo? Like in the car? That's what I'm thinking. So I love... I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, road trip, it's, you're, you're you're in the car, you stop at Allsup's before you leave the great <laughs> Why state. Why does it have to be Allsup's? <laughs> Why not? Stop at Stripes. You find a big-ass Bucky's somewhere and you stop there. <laughs> <laughs> um. It's going to have to be some kind of soda for the caffeine to keep me awake. Yep. And then a combination of sunflower seeds. Okay. And like flaming Hot Cheetos. Oh, man. Okay. I uh, Respect on the flaming Hot Cheetos because I can't picture eating something making my fingers that filthy and then having to drive. That just... That just... Something called a napkin, Michael. I know, but <laughs> are you napkin using the napkin every time or are you just driving with the left hand until you're done with I'm the like, entire bag of flaming hot Cheetos? That. Okay. And All I'm right. not like licking my fingers every time. Oh, no. Cause that just makes it worse. Yes. You, you have to clean like once. Gosh, this is just giving me it's like nails on a chalkboard trying to, I just picture someone driving. I can't, I can't drive anyone's vehicle with, with like Cheetos covered <laughs> Cheetos on my hand. I, I would, I would probably have a wreck because I'd, my mind like, would my mind would just wheel. not allow me. I can't touch the wheel. I can only use my left hand. Um, okay. All right, what about you? Those are pretty solid. Um, I usually go with a Tabasco Slim Jim, and I go old school. I like I like a good package of like peanut butter crackers. And now they or or you know I can go exotic sometimes like cheese crackers whoa <laughs> cheese and crackers calm it down yeah and then for road trip drink usually i go with something i never buy myself and that's most often going to be either a code red mountain dew <laughs> or a big red those are wow. uh, i go with i get i get me some red dye on the road i don't know why there you go All right, so those next? those are my those are my uh road trip snacks your dog is biting me well <laughs> Because I move my feet, she's a hurting dog at heart, and you're not supposed to. She be hates here. me. Well, she she just knows that you're not supposed to be here. So like, her hurting instincts like I have to move him. I'm sorry, I'm she's sorry. She's really good at it. One, she shouldn't be out here. here. Um, okay, I asked a question to kind of spawn this other issue today. Uh, I went to Chewy's for lunch, which Chewy's was, was started in Austin. Uh, should be a, you know, it's a chain, but pretty Texas Texas uh, approved chain. So I went there and I ordered the Tex-Mex plate, which was just two cheese enchiladas with what they call, I think they call it their Tex-Mex sauce, but it's basically just chili con carne, you know, normally what you get on 
cheese enchiladas. Chili con carne. Chili con carne. And topped with onion, which Ugh. you don't always see. But I, it sounded really good to me today. I was like, ah, oh, onion. It shows up. It's diced red onion. Do they like run out of white or yellow? See? Okay. I'm not crazy. <laughs> I almost, I, it really threw me for a loop. I thought, was this... Is this for color? Did they get the wrong one from their yeah, distributor? Where's where's like where's the diced? I mean, stinky white onion. That was what I was hoping for, and it showed up with red onion. So I asked this uh, this poll on Twitter, and I said, in regards to cheese enchiladas, and then I gave I gave the people three choices. I said, pulse of the people, the pulse of the pulse of the people. To borrow a phrase from friend of the show, Rob Rowe. Uh, red onion, white onion, or no onion? And are you are you? I'm prepared. prepared for the results. I'm ready. All right, sixty-two votes. Now there's still seventeen hours left, so y'all can still vote on this. Sixty-two votes. My gosh, that's probably the more, reach more than I've ever gotten in any of my polls combined. <laughs> well, because it was about food, people usually about Tex-Mex too. <laughs> and we haven't even touched on like Waterburger selling out. Oh gosh, Which yeah. We'll, we'll, we may have to. We may have to briefly get on that. that that'll have to be an off season. Yeah, diatribe. That's probably a good. That's probably a good thing. We can wait. I've got some thoughts. <laughs> you may not like them. Okay. So well, out of those three choices, hold on. really quickly, my first thought is you better get it now before the quality changes. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. Okay. Duly noted. Um, thirteen percent said red onion, which was shockingly high to me. 13% of 62. That's like five or six people. I know. That's, oh gosh, that's so many people. That's like almost five. That's like a, that's just like one math class in Midland. Okay. So 13% for red onion, 50% for white onion. These are my folks. And then 37% for no onion. They're my folks. That's right you. That's you. So the only way I will eat an onion is if it's been cooked. I don't oh, like, really? I don't like the, 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 Hey, I get it. The bite. Yeah. Because one, an uncooked onion smells like B.O. And I, it can. I, I can't get past that. Like, I think I'm like, I have the visual image of me stuffing my f- face into some sweaty dude's armpit. I was like, I can't eat this. And and that's, I get that because I, I don't even remember when I started liking onion. I swear it just happened. It randomly happened. I hated it. I didn't like the texture. I didn't like anything to do with it. And then all of a sudden, oh, well, this is pretty good. <laughs> and that was it. And I think it, it really may have just come from laziness on ordering fast food. No, I'm, I just, always, I just no never, onion. I either, like, sir, it doesn't come with an, I don't care. No onion. <laughs> yeah. Or I got it once or twice and it was on there and it was like a Sonic burger where they're diced and you can't take them off. And yes, it's you just can. like, yes, you can. No. No. Yes, you can. Then, then okay. Then you talk about how bad bo smells. How good do your fingers smell after picking out nineteen pieces of tiny onion? <laughs> At least it's not in my <laughs> for like ten days. You, you know, you, you you scratch your nose and you just you just smell onion for that long. But okay, so I feel validated because not everybody. Well, not everybody likes onion. I, I know that. But the overwhelming majority of people who do like onion prefer white onion. So this isn't crazy. Which I would, I would, I would, if I was an onion eating person and I wanted, like, that's the onion I would want. Yeah. I don't want red onion. But red onion on those cheese, it just threw me off today. So I'm, I'm glad. And then Brian tweeted or, you know, replied to that, which, which was great because I thought about adding this, but I didn't want to overcomplicate the poll. 
he said diced white onion with a fried egg on top. On an enchilada? Have you have you never had fried egg on an enchilada? No. Oh man, I'm you gonna I'm, do I it. I don't like fried egg. I don't like I don't like the yolk. Hard or runny? I don't. No. I like, oh, it would definitely be has, runny. It has to be combined. Like the flavors have to combine as like scrambled egg. I can't do. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, if if you get it on Mexican food or Tex-Mex, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a runny egg because that's kind of the point. It just kind of coats, coats the surface of said enchilada, as if you need just a little bit more cholesterol and <laughs> and stuff floating around. Okay, so have you ever been to Nora's on Thirty Fourth? No. So we went to lunch there yesterday. Never been. Um, it's a little small Mexican restaurant. Um, one interesting, it's not what you think, but the number 17 on the menu is two margaritas, rice and beans. (laughs) They're not actually the drink margaritas. I think it was either a typo or it's their version of like, um, they have a Chalupa that they called a margarita. Yeah. Yeah. The people take liberties with tostadas and chalupas and yeah. A margarita, so I've, apparently. I've, I've gotten on the, on the kick recently, both at Rose's and Nora's, to get the, like, the... It's the combination plate that has, like, one taco, one burrito, or one tamale, That's one enchilada, jam. one tostada. Like, it comes on, like, four plates. Yeah, it, like, it makes you look like such a fatty, but, like... It's worth it, man. I like the... The, the, the variety. The variety the past couple of days. Yeah. Um, It's not a do-over. So, if you and I go out to lunch, we're not going to Nora's. <laughs> Just throw that out there. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So this is another question you got in the notes document. I don't know if you had anything else to. No, that's good. That come in from the Twitter foods you crave after being outside of Texas. Yes. So as I mentioned earlier, I was in Wisconsin for work last week, and before I left, usually I, you know, the second I get back, I, I'm craving Tex-Mex. That's usually the thing I miss the most, and that's okay. what I want. But I kind of did a preemptive strike at it um we were out and about with a little one and we went to roses sunday night because i flew out monday and my wife asked me like where do you where do you want to go eat and i just roses that's where i want to go i want some mexican food i want some mexican food before i leave and i had the fajita nachos those are so good the beef fajita nachos are just killer it was so great um our little girl did so good sometimes she's not great in restaurants she loved we hadn't taken her inside roses in a while, and now she's just older. There's a lot to entertain a child. No at roses. kidding! All all this stuff is hanging, and she would. She's just the type that'll just she'll stand up in her chair and point at something and just yell. <laughs> Not like a. I mean, it's probably it may be annoying to other people. Sorry, but it's just like a ah. <laughs> she's just like getting your attention. Did you see that bird? Oh my gosh, Dad! But she's instead of saying that, she just goes ah. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. But we had a really nice roses dinner. So that's I I don't know. Do you do you crave anything specific if you've been out of state and you come home and you think, man, I just need to mm-hmm. I just need to get me something. Barbecue. Ah, there you go. Um so this actually happened. When I went to Arizona for my conference back in um April or May. May. Um they had this place I wanted to go try. It was a barbecue place, but I I made the mistake of asking the rest of the people in my office, like, Hey, there's this barbecue place here that claims to do Texas barbecue. 
should I check it out and like tear them apart or just like not go like, no, we will take you to a good barbecue place when you get back. You have to eat something else. <laughs> okay, deal. So like I, I wanted to eat barbecue there. I didn't. Um, and since then I've, I've like, I've wanted barbecue. It helps to have a smoker too. Like I've been just smoking ribs and pork butts and briskets and beef ribs. Yeah. All the time. Um, Mine's usually Tex-Mex unless I've been to New Mexico or something. Yeah. Because... Sucks. Yeah, I'm eating plenty of it there. It's and it's not. I don't know if I'd call what they serve there. I don't know. Someone may get offended, but I would. It's I would still Mex. call it. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's definitely a little different than Tex-Mex, but it's a lot the same. Yeah. The other thing would like fast food wise would have to be like Whataburger. Yeah. If I went to a state that didn't have Whataburger, obviously. So. Yep, I would agree with that because whenever I go somewhere, I like to eat. You know, I'm, I'm open to eating whatever, and you you want to try something you're not gonna get at home. Yeah, yeah. I, we were I'm, up in I'm Wisconsin. I had cheese curds. I had brats. I had all that kind of stuff. That's oh, it sounds so good. Kind of the you know the normal thing to get, and had a bison burger that was really good at a little brewery that was really close to the hotel. So, you know, then all of a sudden you get home and you're thinking, oh gosh, I need I need me some uh, some cheese enchiladas from Roses with red onion. Come on, Chewies. Where did where them red onions come from? Are there any other questions we need to address? That was all I saw. All I'm, right. I'm going to go back sure and, and, and make sure, but I, I think, you know, Brian had us, uh, he had us covered. So I, I, as we talk about going yard, I need, I need to mention that in the Facebook group that I'm a part of, um, there's a lot of conversation about which kind of nitrogen is best for your yard. You want slow release like in an organic biosolid type stuff. Or do you want like a quick release, um, more of like a, a synthetic? <clears throat> Anyways, they were talking about heavy rains and hail. This dude referred, like he showed his his yard. He was fairly well covered in hail. I was like, look at all that slow release water I've got out there. <laughs> I was like, very effective form of irrigation. I was like, oh, that's perfect. I love. I just, I'm never gonna forget hail as slow release water. You need to go buy some ice and just, just throw in the yard, just dump it out here and there. So here's the thing. Well, I'm doing the slow release water system. Well, one, we probably just got, you know, a, a fair amount of hail tonight. Um, in the afternoons, as we're starting to get really hot for the fescue, I have to, what they call syringe or just cool it off like four or five o'clock in the afternoon. I run like a, a, a much abbreviated cycle on the, on the sprinklers to cool off the lawn. Like you, you need to drink. You need to cool down. It's like too they, hot. Like they've been working too hard. It's too well because it, it don't need to rest. It stresses out with heat. It curls up. It gets darker, but not the, not the darker the way you want it. To. I thought it would shock it if it was too hot and you run your sprinkler. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So what it does, it helps. Um, it's like when you sweat, it helps draw the heat out from you. So you're not really putting water down into the roots for growth. For growth, you're doing it just to, to cool it off and help with aspiration. Okay. I'll I'll take your word for it. So going yard, uh, Bermuda not so much an issue as it gets hot because Bermuda really loves the heat. Fescue when it gets hot, you need to kind of spray it down in the afternoons when it gets ninety five, hundred yeah. degrees. That we're gonna get Thursday, Friday, hundred plus degrees. I know I'm not looking forward to that. Our, my yard was looking pretty scraggly when I came back in because uh, it had been about two weeks, and it's definitely one of those things where if I'd have been home during the week, I would have just run the mower. At least, you know, to clean it up because it was looking pretty rough. But 
And it's also kind of, this is coming from somebody that has a yard service. Yeah. Well, they come every, they come every two weeks. I can't afford to pay them more than that. I can't believe they actually went for that. Like, sure. We'll just take your money every two weeks. and Your yard will still look like crap. No, that's fine. <laughs> at, at some point it's going to really just even out because I'm telling you at, at, at a certain point, my yard just kind of stops. Well, yeah, it's Bermuda just, does. It's just like, yeah, it's enough. Well, and at a certain point of the year too, now that all this rain's come and gone, and it's going to be 102 this weekend, and that's going to be the start of all that madness. It'll just kind of, it'll kind of give up. There's not going to be a whole lot of activity. All right, now that we're pushing two hours, what, what did we learn? Okay, real quickly, what I learned, um, if if Dr. Pepper Tark Berry would like to sponsor this podcast, they can. I, but you might want to tune out now. Yeah, you may want to. <laughs> I just wanted to mention it first. Because I did drink one while we were, were recording, and my initial reaction is that it tastes like someone melted a cherry popsicle in a flat Dr. Pepper. <laughs> not not Shots the fired. not the best review. Not the best review. So uh, sorry to disappoint Marvel and Spider Man and everybody else. You know, I, I flew United this weekend. And they had some deal with Spider-Man too. I mean, just the marketing, the marketing on this stuff is insane. Welcome to my world. I know, I know That's you would appreciate it. My napkin had Spider-Man on it and United and cause apparently he, he must fly United cause it's Spider-Man far from home. So he's in Europe on some senior trip or whatever. So I think he <laughs> flies United to there. And that's such a weird cross promotion there. Oh, it was, it was weird. And one of the, one of the flights, had the screens cause it was a, a bigger flight. So it had a bigger plane and you watch the screen and they had, they had done this whole big Spider-Man themed buckle your seatbelt deal. <laughs> wow. They're going all in. They went all in and, and like his friend from the movie was, he made a quick cameo and, and I'd never even seen the, the first homecoming or anything. But anyway, all the cross promotion, I think you'd have got a kick out of that. Just, which Spider-Man which, was everywhere on these United makes flights. You think like, okay, so whoever's promoting the movie is obviously buying this space with the airline. Well, and vice in hopes versa. to get people to, yeah, it's just, it's just a weird pairing. Like, like, okay, we'll feature United in your, in our movie. I, I don't know. Maybe they made a deal. Well, like if, if I'm Who watching knows? a movie, I'm not taking like airline recommendations off of what I'm watching on the show. No. I may take a movie recommendation if it's available on the flight. Yeah. But not for a movie that's just coming out in the theaters. Yeah. It was, it was something else. Yeah. It was, it was like a five minute video and it was because it had all this production and there was Spider-Man was catching people in webs and putting them in their seat or something. I, I don't even remember what all it was. <laughs> all right. So I, I legit forgot what I was going to say. Oh man, I'm sorry. On what we learned. No, it, it wasn't like it's probably now. it's my fault. You can blame me. No, I had a thought for this when I was putting the notes together and I was like, well, sorry. When I was looking at the notes document, you put it together. Um, so I can't remember what it is. We'll so. never know. You'll remember it the second you start that music and yeah, turn off the button. We'll, we'll talk about it. And we're like, Oh my gosh, I learned that's what it was. <laughs> I can't think of it. Um, so let's get your guns up. We still have some, some games to play in Omaha, um, before we hit into the actual summer off season. Um, not looking forward to the drought of Texas tech sports between Omaha and fall camp. Although 
Texas Tech is blessing us with a much abbreviated off season because this off season could have started like a month and a half, a month ago. Yeah, could have started after the baseball season, um, or it could have started after basketball season if the baseball team wasn't any good. We could have been like, oh man, the baseball team is just getting blown up. But no, we're here heading towards the end of July. Sorry, end of June. Still talking about meaningful baseball. Um, you are three games away, three wins away from f- competing in a another, just say another major sport national title. Hashtag 81 outs. 81 outs. With that, Michael, thanks for joining us this week. Thanks for coming back. I'm Spencer. We'll catch you next week on the 23 Personnel Podcast. Thank you.